Welcome back to the Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Boys, Community Shield, I, I don't really care for the results of that one. You, Everyone knows if your team wins Community Shield, then it matters. And then for every other team's fan base, it doesn't matter. Um, so congrats to Arsenal fans for winning your biggest trophy in five years. Um, and your biggest trophy of this season, probably, too. Um, but the great thing about the Community Shield, it means the beginning of the Premier League season. The preseason is over. I'm I'm starting to put together my fantasy uh, Premier League squad, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the season starting. Zach, how excited are you? Likewise, I uh, I had to remake my fantasy Premier League side about six times because I kept forgetting to hit save or the app would just shut down so uh a bunch of revisions later i think i finally got it down but yeah nonetheless i'm excited for the premier league season i've it's been boring there's been absolutely nothing to watch besides a decent ufc card here and there or just uh you know the occasional f1 race but that's about it so it's uh it's it's a happy time of year because that means that we get football but so, so you didn't watch the jake paul fight is that what you're saying no, I did watch the 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 Jake yeah, Paul fight. Come on, we're we're entertained. I'm Andreas. entertained to an extent. I mean, pales in comparison to what Chelsea makes me feel. Yeah, yeah. Andreas, I know that uh, you're you're just trying to enjoy your life while you still can before it's uh, <laughs> taken over completely by another human being that you created, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this has been. Uh, like preseason, I've watched mo- more soccer than I think I ever have in the past. I don't know if it's because a lot of good European teams were in the U.S., so it was like easy to watch all the friendlies, or maybe it's just the fact that this preseason, this summer, has just built so much hype for the Premier League. Like Pochettino finally being announced, and the way he's handled things, the way the new signings had clicked with the team, the way the young players have clicked. It's just like. So it's like a positivity overload. So yeah, it's finally time. I can't believe we have to wait till actual Sunday to watch the Blues play. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm hoping that Liverpool will give me a happy one year wedding anniversary gift and lose to us on opening day. Is that, is that is the date that that's your 13th. wedding day? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, you're not watching that game. <laughs> uh, we're celebrating actually Thursday night, so okay, maybe good. I'm allowed to watch it that morning. Yeah, just like how uh, Chelsea played Tottenham the day after your wedding. So and I watched prob- the game in my hotel bed with my wife. <laughs> uh, she, she, and I she watched the game in my hotel reason. bed with my wife, Sam, and Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was yeah, great. we were all in the same bed together. It was awesome. I thought Tommy Tuchel um, was going to lead us to a, a Premier League title. Much can change in a year, huh? All it took was one handshake. Wow. One handshake, <laughs> and we bought in 100%. Um, it was all right. A year ago. Crazy. I know. A year ago and three managers ago. Um, 
So I'm going to start off the episode just going through some updates uh, on the team. Just the, the recent news that's come out since our last recording. So obviously we talked about last episode, the Nkunku injury. We had no idea the extent of the injury. We still, to this day, don't know the full extent of the injury. There's been a lot of different reports. Um, I think Chelsea will be making an official statement. Um, it's, it'll be today by the time we post this episode, and I think it is today in uh, England time, but tomorrow for us. <laughs> um, so we'll see the official news. It, it, we're thinking it's going to be likely an MCL or some sort of injury like that, and they he will be getting an operation, and hopefully he'll be back in just a couple of months, so like two months. Um, I've seen some people on Twitter post like the schedule and you know speculate that he might return for you know our matchup against Arsenal in October. We won't know uh, until tomorrow, so we'll wait and see. The Caicedo rumors finally start to heat up again, and it it, it it's finally starting to seem like this is going to happen. Finally, Caicedo grew some balls. He skipped out on practice, and apparently this is because he wants to. He's demanding a, a move to Chelsea. So we're back at the negotiation table with these uh, these criminals that call Cucks. themselves a football club. Um, They're and Yeah, and we'll see what happens. But I think this is like the most uh, confident that I've been in this deal happening. In a while, so we'll see. Um, kudos apparently was uh, purchased by Brighton, another Chelsea target, but it was reported that Kudos and Brighton agreed to a fee and some conflicting reports, so we don't know. Um, Tyler Adams, we talked about this last week about possibly being a replacement to Caicedo. Um, it looks like maybe the plan is to get Caicedo and Tyler Adams, I'll stop here um, just to give you guys a chance to talk about this because last week when we gave our opinion on it, I think we we talked about it as one or the other. But Andreas, I'll start off with you. What what do you think about possibly going after both? I think it spells the end, either permanent or temporary, for one of two other Chelsea players. If we find a team that's willing to pay. What we are asking for for Gallagher, and I think he would be the man to sort of be out of luck here, and he'd be most likely the player to leave Chelsea unless he moves further forward into the attacking mid rolls now that Nkunku's hurt. And if it's not him, then it might just be Andre Santos getting a loan. Um, I, I don't see us having five midfielders for two spots, and, and Poch has very much hammered the fact that you can't have too many players all going for a certain position because that's what causes, you know, uh, friction and, and disrupts the locker room. And, and so that's something that he's very much uh, going to be keeping an eye on. So I think one midfielder will be SOL if we get both Adams and Caicedo. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, as much as I love 
Tyler Adams, if for me, it has to be one or the other. Um, otherwise, guys like Andre Santos don't get a shot in this team. And to be honest, I, I, I want to see Andre Santos in this team, and I want to see Tyler Adams in it. Um, but regardless, you know, if Caicedo does come in, um, it does look like Gallagher is going to be the guy to go. And rightly so. I mean, even though I'm his fanboy, I still think he could provide something to this team, but he could also provide us a upwards of 40 million um so obviously that's a big transfer fee we have to consider that and um yeah i don't know we just got to kind of wait and see i mean the caicedo thing's a little bit refreshing for me i've been calling for him to be a little bit more aggressive in his pursuit of the move last couple weeks i mean i know we've all been critical about his um about his agent not putting in release laws when he signed that extension last year and just kind of accepting the gentleman's agreement listen those things fall through all the time in football um and and we're seeing it now. So, you know, Caicedo's finally throwing a little fit. He's not showing up to training, which is great. I think this is the move he needs to do in order to seal the move to Chelsea. But I can't help but feel like this is a little late in the summer for him to be doing this. I feel like if he really, I mean, he really does want the mood. I'm not doubting that. But I feel like he could have played his cards a little bit better and maybe orchestrated this type of behavior in, you know, the last week of July or even the week before that when we still had maybe one or two preseason games left to where he could come into the side, get acclimated, join a training camp, and then, um, you know, push for a start against Liverpool. Because as of right now, you know, technically it's Monday night. He's still not signed just yet. Um, if we do sign him, I don't expect him to start against Liverpool or even play for that matter unless we absolutely, you know, need somebody to co- to kind of uh, sit on a lead with. So... We'll see. We'll keep our eye on the space, but I think the move's going to go through. And, um, you know, on, on the Tyler Adams front, I really don't know what's going to happen there. It's, it's a really good transfer price. $20 million is a bargain for that. It just remains to be seen what exactly his role is going to be. Is he going to be the replacement if we can't get Caicedo? Or, like you said, Sam, is it going to be, you know, both of them coming together? And I think uh, that is... Uh, go ahead, Andres. I was just gonna say, I think the plan is to get both. Like the yeah, we're we're moving forward with Caicedo, and we're also moving forward with Adams as a, as what it looks like. And I mean, we don't have another DM. Like, what happens if Caicedo does need a break? What happens if Caicedo does get hurt? Like we just got in Kunku, and he's gone for a few months potentially. Like we need to have a plan B. I also think without Nkunku, you can play a three man midfield. There is a possibility where you put Adams deepest Caicedo in the Conte role and then Enzo as your free free role kind of guy. Like there is other possibilities. I don't think Poch is, is gonna be above seeing something like that if that's what benefits the team most. Um I wanted to add though, like you mentioned, like, oh, you wish Caicedo would have done this earlier. I think we have to be a little bit realistic. He probably had to work himself into fitness, like skipping if he sits out three weeks of, of the summer, we may not see, we wouldn't have maybe seen Caicedo for a whole another month at that point because he needs to get in shape. So I think the timing of them going back to England, like where they're now trying to get ready for this, is the right time to do it. Um, plus, we were being childish with our offers back then. So even if he was not training, I don't think Brighton would have budged at that point. So. Um, I, and I, the other thing is I'm not sure if we recorded before or after Deserby's comments regarding Caicedo um, when he was no, basically saying like, oh, I, he basically, it, night and day to when we played Brighton and he was puffing mm-hmm. up his chest and saying, oh, I can't wait to see Caicedo and Cole will start for Brighton in the Premier League. This time he's talking <laughs> he about. He did say that exactly. He Come did. On. He did. 
He said he ho- he dreams of Caicedo and Colwell starting together on his team. That was yeah, his, his, his words. And, and then this weekend, he's like, oh, you know, if a player doesn't want to be here, I don't want him here. I don't want someone putting <laughs> a Brighton jersey that doesn't want to play for Brighton. So it's like, you know what? Fuck you, Deservey. That's it. Yeah, it, su- it sucks for Deservey. He's got a player on his team who doesn't want to play for them. And then there's a player on Chelsea that wants to play for him. So he's losing both things. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I'm talking about Levi. <laughs> Does everybody really thinks that he's... I mean, this guy really thinks he's managing, like, fucking Real Madrid or Barcelona or something. It, it, this is ridiculous. I mean, wake wake up. Open your eyes. You're coaching a small selling club. You made Europe once. You're not going to make it next year. Just enjoy it while it lasts, buddy. Yeah, at the I, end of the day, like, you, you know, you talk about the big clubs and it's like it's a real thing because mm-hmm. they don't have the financial backing to compete with you know the top six teams so it, it like you can talk all you want but you you understand like your like your place in like the actual premier league like you know you're still a level below the They're big a stepping clubs, stone club so. They're yeah, a club I mean, where their only appeal is only ever going to be for young players who need to develop for a couple years before making a bigger move. Yeah, their scouting department is really good. It's fantastic. Um, and they should stay in that lane because there's a lot of success. You know, like, it's, you think about, like, a team like Dortmund. Like, Dortmund kind of is, like, a similar model, but they have more of a financial backing. But I think they focus more on like getting the young players and developing them and selling them. Like, you know, they they've won one title in the last however many years. But uh, if Brighton you know, like, does what they what they've been doing, if Brighton does for the next twenty years what they did last season, then maybe you can call them Dortmund. I think it's disrespectful yeah, but, to Dortmund. No, no, definitely not on the level yet. My my hopes is that they end up being like. Uh, like the maybe the Sunderland. Dortmund of league, of league two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they can be the best. They can be the Dortmund of, uh, yeah, the championship or League two or League League one, whatever. Um. All right. Moving on. Leicester continues to push for a Cesare Casade loan. Um, and their new manager is Italian, so I guess that is a connection. Uh, that that. Andreas made, um, but uh, I, I think we all kind of agreed and conceded that it's probably in his best interest to go out on loan. We kind of wanted him to play in the Premier League. What are your guys' thoughts of him playing in the championship next year? Zach, I'll start off with you. It really seems like a plan B kind of loan for him. I mean, ideally, I would have wanted him to get a loan to ideally one of the top leagues in europe i feel like he could play for any mid-table side across europe so kind of sucks middle to lower table let's put it that way um but either way i i think as a plan b this isn't a terrible option i mean obviously it's great that he's staying in england and he's gonna continue to to experience you know english footballing culture and the intensity of the english game the italian manager thing's interesting too i mean maybe he's becomes a a teacher's pet like a Levi Colwell did with under Deserby, but it remains to be seen. I don't really know too much about the manager to really speak on him, Andres. Maybe you have a little bit more than I do about the the style of football that he might be playing with or playing under. Um, To me, it's more about the fit. I think this is just a good fit. I think other options out there, if I'm not mistaken, we're trying to include a buy option and things like that because 
Asade came off of the golden ball, the U21 Euros, mm -hmm. or the World Cup. Was it World Cup or Euros? Euros. And that was the Golden Cup. Boot, right? He had the, he had the most uh, he had goals. He like five goals and one He was the player of the tournament the World well. Cup. Yeah. Oh, he won both. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think this World is Cup, best I case think. because there is no buy option. And I think this also... If he would have gotten a Premier League loan, it would have been to a relegation side. And I think relegation side loans can go wrong very quickly for midfielders and attackers because those are the first teams to throw away any play, plan of playing football and parking the bus. And that's when they usually go for like the 35-year-old English tank instead of giving minutes to the kids. Like Billy mm -hmm. Gilmore's career took a very big turn when his Norwich loan failed. And so yeah. I think... I think Leicester being a team that's supposed to move right back up to the Premier League, it'll exactly. be like the Ian Motson loan, where he's going to yeah. be playing good football and be taught to dominate and have expectations on what to do on the pitch. So to me, this is the best case scenario. Damn, you literally took exactly what I was going to say. I was just about to say that. Like, I think that it's a better situation to be playing for a competing team in the championship than to play for a relegation side in the Premier League. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I was going to say I'm not sure whether Leicester is, like, expected to basically walk back into a promotion, but I think they probably do. Um, and I think that'll... And I was going to make the same exact comparison with what Ian Monson did last year with Burnley on that amazing season. Look what he is right now. He's He's playing with so much confidence. Like, you get that kind of confidence playing for a league winning side even if that league is the championship um moving on this the lukaku lukaku saga just never ends chelsea and juventus continue talks over a vlahovic and lukaku swap um juve have now have gotten to 30 million as the add-on but chelsea still isn't sure about that number um lukaku still is rejecting any potential move to Saudi Arabia too, which uh, is really funny considering the, the the caliber of players that have gone there and him to say, or I don't know if he actually said these, but his, his messaging is pretty much that I'm still a top striker in the world. I'm not going to go to Saudi, the Saudi league. If I, you know, if I'm one of the top players right now, um, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Don't think anyone else here will. Um, Moving on to the next uh, topic, this pops up every, I feel like every transfer window in the past two years, Neymar. Um, this time it's a little bit different because Neymar is apparently pushing his way out of the club. Uh, and, you know, of course, the links of Chelsea just, they were there before he they write themselves. demanded it. Yeah, and, you know, there were rumors there before he demanded to be out for PSG, and so now it's just going to be there. For sure now. Um, d I mean, does anyone here think that there's, like, any potential for that to happen? Or I mean, do you even want that? Oh, no. I, yeah, I, I don't want to go anywhere near Neymar. I said it off the air. I'll say it on the air. No, thank you. I, yeah. I, pref I think, like, if you're going to say, like, oh, Neymar, Mbappe, they're all the same, I would prefer Neymar to Mbappe if it gets to that, just because I know Mbappe's walking to Madrid. Like, oh, Neymar okay. would that. perhaps want to stay in the Premier League, but 
we all know he'll get injured right about late February because he just always gets injured then, and he somehow ends up in Brazil with his sister for her birthday. So, <laughs> yeah, so it, it doesn't fit the model and and the pay structure, but like. Again, if you're gonna tell me, oh, do I overpay for a Vlahovic or do I pay, overpay for a Neymar? Like, it's it's easy to lean the Neymar route when you compare it to the other names that we're gonna break the model for, I guess. That's, but that doesn't say much. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think the model that this fits a little bit better is uh, Saudi Arabia. I don't know. That <laughs> might be his next destination. Don't know how many top clubs really want him right now. Um, Final little update. We'll we'll talk a little bit about Elise. Um, Chelsea have made a verbal offer to Crystal Palace. Nothing is complete, but the talks still continue. Um, I think we've already discussed this potential move a lot. Um, so I don't know if there's anything. Oh, um, there's actually one thing. Who actually? Never mind. <laughs> forget that so let's, let's move on we're gonna go into the next segment we're gonna do our predictions uh of chelsea this season we have seven categories um and we'll go through them one by one each of us will make our prediction um we'll start off with number one kind of the obvious one where do you think chelsea finishes in the table at the end of the season zach i'll start off with you where are we finishing I'm going to say fifth. I think we make a push for top four. Um, I don't think it happens. Um, but I think, I, I think I could comfortably say for sure we can at least finish in fifth place. Um, barring that, you know, no other transfers happen or anything like that through the rest of the season. If, we, if the Caicedo thing does happen and Kunku's injury is not very long term, then I think for sure there's definitely a conversation to be had about potentially landing in fourth. But, um, as of right now, I think fifth. Andreas? I have been banging this same drum. I think fifth is the realistic one. Um, the Nkunku injury probably makes me cement my stake on that. The other thing is that I've been saying is that there have been discussions where fifth place can get you Champions League. And... It was actually on the Premier League website today. There is an extra Champions League spot that How? we can earn. Uh, for the first time in Premier League history, the 23-24 season could have five teams qualifying for the UCL. Uh, traditionally, it's the top four. Um, oh, but, but City has are a automatic. New format. No, no, UEFA has a new format for the 24-25 season uh, with the expanded format and all that where it seems like if England or the Premier League are one of the top two performers of by nation, it's like a, like a ranking. So like if the Premier League has a lot of top performing countries, they're up there with Maybe another clubs. league. Sorry, yeah, compared to other yeah. leagues, right? I mean, that's... there would be, like basically it's usually Spain and England. So Okay, yeah, so that's going to be probably a lock. So then well, fifth we... place would be a UCL spot. So I think fifth is extremely doable. Um, and again, we are only competing in England while other people are going to be mm. traveling to the likes of Uzbekistan on a Thursday and then being back in England on a Saturday. So I think we can get fifth 
at, at a minimum. I think anything below that is a fail for a season, honestly. Is there an Uzbeki club in one of the European competitions? or Europa League and for sure in Conference League. Uzbekistan has... Okay, and assholes. Uzbekistan. <laughs> yeah, let's, that's well, where was Carabao? Remember Carabao or what? Carabao, whoever we played, where Zapacosta scored. They were uh, Azeri. They're from Azerbaijan. No, really? Azerbaijan. That's what it was. Oh, nice. Pretty sure they were. Know, the Euro- Europa League has some like small clubs, and now there's Conference League too. Like, look, look it up while I answer the question. But you, you bringing this up, this. Top. I haven't heard about of this that fifth place could potentially be Champions League Azerbaijan. Spot, so. mm-hmm. And we. I remember them? they had a really cool stadium. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of their stadium when uh when we played them away. They have a beautiful stadium. Uh yeah. If I speak right, can't say anything. <laughs> can't say anything else about uh yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, I think I think the expected finishing range like i think i could see between four and six so i'm gonna kind of go with you guys and say five um and especially if that is and that would be amazing if that ends up being a champions league spot as well um i think finishing top five like in getting into europa it's gonna just delay the process another year um but i'm down for that all right, next uh, next category, player of the season. Um, Andreas, I'm going to start off with you. Wh- who do okay. you think our player of the season will be? I think our player of the season will be Ben Chilwell. Oh, dude, I was dude, thinking that. I was going to say it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So let, me, let me give my pitch. Wow. I thought I was being ben clever. Ben all hopping on the chili train, huh? Listen. I love it. Dude, let, let me hear this it. This dude has come back fit. Like, Ben Joel has taken, like, you can tell he's ready to make the next step in, in his playing career in terms of, like, how serious he takes things, how he wants a bigger role within the club. Like, comes in and he's like bombing up the pitch confidently in in preseason it's only going to be a matter of time to where the teammates around him all these new players uh, understand what he's trying to do and enzo didn't get to play much with chilwell i think that's another factor that you know can only benefit chilwell here so to me i think Stays healthy, he'll be our player of the season. Knocking on wood too. I think he has a good chance at becoming player of the season because uh, Poch is going to not want to play Kukurea as much as possible. Um, (laughs) So that means Ben Chilwell is going to be completing a lot of full 90s, especially if we're only playing once a week. No, but I I had the same logic, just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, Andres. He just looks like he's ready for it this season, and that's not to say that Reese James on the other side of the defense isn't either, but... Something about the Chilwell attacks in this team and the way he drifts into space and finds himself in the box, especially during the pre. It does look like the system's acclimating really well to him, and he's acclimating well to the system. So I think he's a good shout. Um, I'm going to throw another name in there, though. I'm going to say Enzo Fernandez. I think Enzo Fernandez plays a lot of minutes this season. Um, he probably starts every single Premier League match that he's healthy for. Um, but I think we're definitely going to start to see the evolution of him, especially if we land a Caicedo type player, we're going to start to see Enzo take up more of a quarterbacking role in this team and really start to kickstart our attacks. Maybe, uh, even chip in with some goals and assists this season. So 
Andres got chili. I'll take Enzo. Um, I don't think that's a bad shot whatsoever. Yeah, those are my uh, two options in my head. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, like, I think with this Nkunku injury, it's, like, really tough to say he will be the player of the season because we don't even know the extent of his injury. He could, for all we know, he he could miss half the season. He could miss the whole season. I hope that's not the case. But, um, you know, if, if, if it weren't for this injury... I would, I would, my, that would probably be my pick in Kunku, but I still um, think it's a good shout, Sam. I mean, even if he misses two months of the season, yeah, well, if, he if, still, yeah, if, he still potentially could finish as our leading goal scorer. Like that's not yeah. out of the realms of possibility whatsoever. Yeah, I think those two guys uh, are probably going to be. I don't know. I mean, like Reese James. I don't know, like how healthy he is right now, like. Nico Jackson would be a really cool uh, storyline, but I don't know how realistic that is. But those are my two answers. Um, Zach, you kind of alluded to this highest goal scorer. Um, Yeah. Is is Nkunku going to be your pick? Yeah, I think Nkunku is going to be my pick. I love Nico Jackson. I think he's going to score a shit ton of goals for us this season and cause a lot of other defenses problems. But, you know, uh, Nkunku is more of the finished product. He is more seasoned as a as a player. Um, and he's proven it time and time again in the Bundesliga that he can put up double-digit scoring seasons even if he misses two or three months out of the year. So I yeah. think it's a safe bet to say that, you know, he's probably going to be our leading goal scorer. If not, he'll be number two. Um but yeah, I, I think clearly he's our best attacker at the moment. Nico Jackson's a very close second behind him. Um, but in terms of goals, I think those are really the only two guys that I can see or safe with full confidence that are going to chip in consistently throughout the season. Andreas, can I say Mudrick before you do? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Mudrick might be in the top three scorers. Honestly, I was thinking in my head like, and Kunku being hurt, how does it affect everyone? But the reason, even Bundesliga numbers aside, I really do think the reason why he's going to get most of the goals is because Nico Jackson is so unselfish, and he's going to be dragging defenders with the long ball in, which only means that the guy trailing right behind him is going to be feasting. And in this case, it's Nkunku. I also think Nkunku probably will take on our penalty kicks, um, because yeah. again, we don't have a penalty kick taker right now. Um, and I'd prefer that to be an attacking player. So, um, yeah, I, I think Nkunku's a safe bet. I think you know, if I, you want me to go a little bit further, Jackson probably second, and hopefully Mudrick benches Sterling by match week three, and he can be the third highest scoring player. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that Nico Jackson probably won't be our leading scorer because he's so unselfish. Nkunku is the same, honestly. Like, he's a very unselfish player. I mean, he has more of a killer instinct, but he also finishes with double-digit assists every season. So I think, you know, or at least the yeah. last two seasons, close to it. Um, but I, I just I want to say Mudrik just, like, out of blind optimism. Because how amazing would that be if Mudrik comes out and he scores, like, 15 goals this season? I'm here for it, man. Oh my God! Like, like twelve. If he scores twelve goals this season, how many goals did Martinelli score this past season? Like eleven, twelve, something like that. I think like twelve or thirteen, even. Yeah, I think like if, if I mean, just I'm talking just Premier League goals because I mean that's all we have. But definitely, yeah. I think 15. he could. How much? 
15. 15. Jeez. Good for him. Um, and they yeah, still 15 would be lead. awesome. <laughs> 15 <laughs> would be amazing. Um, but if, you know, I, I would be so pleased with like 12. I honestly, awesome. I think if he could pitch in ten goal contributions, goals and assists, that's a that's a positive net positive season for him. I mean, this is his first full year in the Premier League, and it's a new manager. So, like, on one hand, I feel like we have to give him benefit of the doubt because it is very much like a fresh start for him all over again. He can pretty much throw everything that he didn't learn last season under the rug now. Um, or on the other hand, I mean, I was looking at his Ukrainian league numbers. I mean, they're just stupid. He averages like a goal and assist every single appearance last season so it's i feel like he can pop or i feel like it could just be the steady rise but either way it's definitely looking like mudrick's going to be key this season um probably one of our most important attackers behind jackson and nkunku i'd argue all right moving on to our next category this one is should be an interesting discussion who will be our most capped goalkeeper so obviously we have keppa the Robert Sanchez deal has gone through. So, you know, he's a, what's that, a $25 million deal? So, you know, that's that's not necessarily backup keeper money. It's competition money. So, Zach, I'll start off with you. Out of those two, who do you think becomes our most capped goalkeeper? And we're assuming injuries don't have a factor in this. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Robert Sanchez finishes the season as our more capped goalkeeper here. I think when you look at what Pochettino's trying to achieve from a defensive standpoint, our clear weakness is our size and defending crosses and corners and set pieces. And uh, Robert Sanchez is very aggressive coming out on crosses. He's you know, great with punching the ball um, when the ball gets crossed into his area and commanding his area. And he also has that size. I mean, Andres and I realized after we recorded last podcast that the dude is six foot six. He's half a foot taller than Keppa is. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that just gives you a completely different um, look at the goal goalkeeper position. It's a different type of goalkeeper altogether. I mean, when you, when you add that much size. So I think for that reason, just looking at what Pochettino is going to be trying to achieve from a defensive standpoint, and especially how weak we're going to be defending set pieces and crosses and aerial balls because of our size. Um, I think Robert Sanchez is eventually going to make that his, the, the number one position for himself this season, not to say it's long-term, um, but I can definitely see a situation where, where he takes over just based on the sheer fact that he's able to defend crosses and he's huge. Andreas, what do you think? I also think it'll be Sanchez, but for totally different reasons. I mean, the guy... Was given an option to leave Brighton, and he signed a seven-year deal with us. I don't think you commit seven years as a twenty-four-year-old, twenty-three-year-old. I want to say he's younger than Kepa by a couple years. Sanchez is twenty-three. Yeah, so he's twenty-three. I don't think you commit that long to a club unless they've been telling you something, and I think. I'm not saying he's the keeper for the next decade, but I think they're telling him that he has a chance to be a starter here realistically. And honestly, I think him and Kepa are, are neck and neck in terms of their current ability. But being sit six foot six is pretty nice. Um, yeah. So again, I don't know if he'll start 
this first match, but I think Keppa is on the shortest leash she's ever had. Yeah, and it's interesting too. Spanish keepers. Um, I I think that it'll like he has every opportunity to take that spot away, and you know if Kepa starts messing up, Sanchez gets put in there. It's gonna. It's he 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 he's shown enough to prove I think to me that he can probably keep that spot from Kepa, but I don't know. And I just also wanted to. Uh, correct myself he's 25 he's not 23 but um still younger than keppa yeah i think what's keppa 27 28 by now yeah i just i just feel like making a move like that and you know him accepting a move like that i think they kind of may have promised him like a really good shot to become the starting keeper i don't know you know we we tried to move on from keppa didn't find anything interesting and We'll see what happens. All right, now, most capped striker this season. Andreas, we got some options up there. Who do you think will be the most capped striker? Usan Blah. No, I'm just kidding. Nico Jackson. <laughs> 100% Nico Jackson. I think preseason's just been amazing. Um, we've all been big fans of Broja, but I mean, Nico Jackson has kind of taken over. If he takes, here's my caveat, if he takes the number nine jersey, it ain't gonna be him. No. It'll be mm. Kurt. I, I agree. I don't have anything else to add to that. I think it's Nico Jackson. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think if, if Vlahovic does come, I think there is an argument to be made, but mm. um, as of now, I would take Nico Jackson. We have to see how he fits in with the team. You know, we've already seen that with Nico Jackson. Surprise player of the season. Zach, I'll start off with you this time. Who do you think will be the surprise player of the season? He's kind of already been a surprise for the preseason too, but Ian Motson, he's going to be our Swiss Army yeah. knife this season. I think especially with Nkunku going down, if we don't find reinforcements that are healthy, meaning if we go after like an Olise type of player who's going to be out till September, you're going to see Monson playing a lot, um, whether out wide um, as either the left or right attacking mid, or he could even play at the 10. You know, he's shown in the preseason that, you know, even though by trait last season, especially he played as a left back, but he has the ability to sort of play anywhere. He, he ex exemplifies your modern footballer in a lot of ways where he could play with both feet. He could play on either side. He could pick out a short-range pass or a long-range pass. He has great finishing ability. He finds himself in the right place at the right time in the attacking third as well. We saw that in the first preseason game where he scored two goals, and those weren't flukes either. You know, he drifted into that space, and, and the ball found him, and rightly so. So based on that, I think, uh, I think he'll be our surprise player of the season. I don't think he's going to necessarily start a lot of games because, unfortunately, at his at his favorite position, we have Ben Chilwell, who we've all tipped as to be our player of the year. Um, but I think he's going to be a sort of plug-and-play player for us. Wherever he's needed, we're going to use him um, because he's that good. And I think Pochettino is going to end this season. Andreas, what do you think? I think we've forgotten about this man. Hmm. I want to say Noni Madueke. I hmm. think he was extremely bright last season under shit management. Like, yeah. With Dave the back end of Potter and all of Lampard. So 
a little bit of guidance is going to go a really long way for him. I thought he was good during the Euros. Uh, and because he got like sick or something, he didn't play a bit in the back end of the preseason. So I think people are just kind of riding him off and forgetting about him. So to me, I think he'll be a big surprise. I think all he was missing was that final pass or final shot. And again, if we've already seen a change in Mudrik, why can't we see a change in Marueke? That's a good shout. Yeah. I mean, I think with, with Mudrik, we'd already seen that, you know, albeit against lower competition. Like, I don't think Noni was necessarily like a great goal scorer yet. Like, he hasn't shown that yet. But I still, I still, I'm not trying to say that I don't think that'll happen. I'm just saying I think that's why um, there's a little bit more hype on Mudrik on that. But I think both those options are really good shouts. Um, I think Malo Gusto might in- surprise a lot of people um, in how much he plays, and I'm kind of worried about Reese James um, and you know his his injury. I think there's going to be a lot of situations where he might actually be asked to play in the midfield rather than as a right back, and we'll see Malo Gusto play um, as a right back or right wing back, whatever formation we end up doing. So. Um, I'm just gonna pick him because uh, you already got you guys already picked my two other options. Matt, can I throw another name in there just as a just as kind of a dark horse for being a surprise player, Axel Disasi? Because oh, we're looking we're we're looking for our long term replacement at the right center back position, and you know we talked about Fofana's injury history in the past. That position's pretty much up for grabs this season. So if Disasi has a good first showing or two. You know, he he might become the first choice really uh, yeah. sooner rather than later. So I think he's a good shout for uh for possibly being a surprise player. Let's also not forget he's he was a captain as well, captain of Monaco for all those years. So he has that leadership ability. I, I think he has the right amount of experience to kind of come in and be an instant impact player as opposed to a slow burn. So uh, keep your eye on him too. All right, now biggest disappointment, um, and I don't think we can pick Sterling because. Uh, a disappointment would be like us expecting a lot and him kind of disappointing us. I think we all kind of expect him to not be good this year, so it won't be a disappointment. You know, it'll be exactly what we expected. But I mean, hey, you can make an argument for him if you want. <laughs> okay, I won't pick him. Um, my biggest you know, disappointment. I hate. I hate this category. I don't know why I put this. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah, gonna go with. Tough. I, I can I can throw one in there while you're thinking Kukurea, right off, off the <laughs> bat. A lot of people think that we're gonna recoup some kind of transfer value out of him. I just I'm sorry I don't see it. I don't see him fitting into this Chelsea side. Especially Is it a with disappointment the way if you expect it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I listen. I can at the very least the man's in the Premier League and he was a player of the season at Brighton. I I I can say that he should be expected to have at least a decent season. Like he shouldn't be shit and he shouldn't yeah. be amazing but he should at least show that he's premier league quality in some way and he just hasn't you, done that you mentioned that people have been saying that maybe he can recoup some of his cost i'm pretty sure people is you you're the one who kept on saying like i think that the, and this was before the preseason so i'll get give you the benefit of the doubt that this is before the preseason you thought that hey i think you know it's very possible that he has a good you know decent season and you know, recoup some of that value and we sell him for, you know, more than what we could have sold him this year. And I think 
and correct me if I'm wrong, the preseason changed your opinion on that, right? It did. I mean, look, <laughs> the only two players that showed up this preseason that still had their head up their ass was Sterling and Kukurea. Everybody else that struggled last year seemed to sort of put together some kind of fitness or mental fortitude or even some kind of form during the preseason where we're like, okay, that guy's on the, you know, that guy's going to turn it around. Like Mudrik, for example, yeah. you know, you look at him compared to last season, it's night and day. Um, you know, I could probably go down the list, but even Ben Chilwell and Reese James look like crap last season, and then they come into this season, and Chilwell's looking like our best player. So yeah, because with all these players, you know, you we we kind of made excuses for them, but they're mm-hmm. not really excuses; they were real, like things they had to deal with, and yeah. obviously the the season was crazy, and we we gave that same treatment to Kukurea, I think, like we mm-hmm. we explain, you know, we explained it's just like you know, new team, like all of this. I don't know, like changing the club and, but I think that I'm with you, like that this preseason didn't give me too much hope, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Andreas, did you think of one? Yeah. Um, this might be a cop out cause he's not a Chelsea player yet. This is legitimate. I think Dusan Vlahovic. I, something <laughs> tells me, something tells me he's going to get signed. Um, especially now that Nkunku got hurt, like I could see adding another striker being how we combat that. Um, and I just don't know if I, something tells me like, again, I've, I've been saying this over and over, like the PTSD of Syria strikers. Um, and, and it's so easy to blame Allegri, but I think Dusan Vlahovic is is in my mind leaning more towards your Luka Jovic or your uh, Piatek sort of guys that they just had one. What do you call it? like a a bang like a flash bang like it was like one boom one and hit then, wonder one season wonder. Yeah, it's just I, I'm flash not sure if he's a good fit. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Some um, <laughs> and and I think I also don't know if he's a good fit. I don't know if we're there yet to have a guy that just weights in the box he's not super fast he's not like ollie Giroud, where he's a human wall pass so again it might be a cop-out because again we we're not going to go with the easy route with sterling and or kukurea so to me it's him um i don't know if it's a disappointment but i also think it's a disappointment towards certain fans i think we won't see tiago silva as much as people think we will so if you want to think of disappointment that way, um, I think the, the less we see Tiago Silva, the better off we're doing. Like I think it's a direct; it'll be a direct correlation. If Tiago Silva has a lot of minutes this year, then we're not doing as well as we should be doing. Yeah, I feel like Tiago Silva is going to be very much like a you know break glass if needed type of player this season. And, and like I said I with Dzasi earlier, we spent fifty million on our right-sided center back. We're fully expecting that guy to be a starter. You know come at least minimum january i'm hoping it'll be john terry and conte season sort of thing like you are a very much a locker room presence you'll be called upon when needed um and everybody else does the big the hard work yeah uh yeah i i hate i hate that i added this um category (laughs) i'm not going to answer it because then it's going to be like me 
saying that a player you're is the biggest the disappointment for putting this question on the pod <laughs> I, I am i am the biggest disappointment i'm disappointed in myself <laughs> all right we're gonna move on first match of the premier league season we are going to and no they are coming to us liverpool um gonna be the first match at the bridge um just a quick Recap of all of their departures. Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, uh, Firmino, Nabi Keita, James Milner, Fabio Carvalho went out on loan. So that's a lot of outgoings. They did bring in Dominic Sobolosai. How do you pronounce his name again? Sobolosai. Sobolosai. For $70 million, which was... Quite quite the purchase, but we'll see. And then uh good old Alexis McAllister, the uh Irish Ar- Argentinian, um for forty two million. So there they are still rumored to still be in for another DM. Um we we saw the Romeo Lavia rumors, they heated up, then they slowed down. It looked like Liverpool's backing off, and then they were back in. They made some bids that were rejected, so we don't know. Moral of the story is he probably won't be suiting up for Liverpool against Chelsea, but um, that's still something that they're trying to address. All of the attackers on their team are fully fit for what it seems like forever. Salah, Luis Diaz, Yakpo, Nunez, Jota, no, it's Jota, Jota, how do you pronounce it? Jota. Um. Uh, that you know the, the it's they're scary up front midfield. It definitely it was a downgrade from last year. So, um, Zach, what do you think of Liverpool this year? I actually have us finishing ahead of Liverpool this year. Um, I think Newcastle will wind up sneaking into the top four. I think Liverpool are going to probably make a push for Europa and focus more on that so they can get back into the Champions League. Um, But they look weak, man. I mean, especially without a DM. I think, you know, between the two teams, because we obviously don't have our DM either, I think Liverpool's midfield is way worse off. I mean, you just look in terms of squad depth, they just, they have a bunch of eights and tens. They don't have anybody that can sort of be a stand-in player at the six. Um, And the other thing is, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, how should I say, Premier League experience in, you know, Zobaslai or however the hell you pronounce his name. So I think that there is a big chance that, you know, he could be a bust, um, especially, you know, considering Liverpool's track record with spending big on players. They do tend to hit or miss a lot. So that can, that's going to be one guy I'm going to keep an eye on this season. I personally didn't think he was worth the 70 million fee that Liverpool paid for him. You know, I, I actually laughed at it when Liverpool paid that. Um, I, I thought, yeah, it, it was just one of those things. You know, if you could go get McAllister for 42 million, you're telling me Zobas lies 30 million pounds better than him. It's a little ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm going to say Liverpool probably finishes... They're going to make a push for top four like they do every single season, but uh, I think they'll finish outside of it and they'll probably finish behind us. I think uh, us going 
after a guy like Kaiseido, who's a little bit more ready-made to sort of plug and play into a system, I think he's just going to fit with us better than Alapia is going to fit with them. And to me, it comes down to those two things. Because we know what Liverpool is going to do this season. They're going to score a lot of goals and leak a lot of goals. And I don't think Lavia is going to be a player that's going to step in and sort of prevent that leakage from, you know, being worse than it already is. Um, as opposed to Caicedo. I think Caicedo will come into the team, and especially with the back line behind him, we should be formidable and also score a lot of goals while doing that in the meantime as well. So based on that premise, I'm going to say Liverpool are going to finish sixth, just outside the top four and just behind us. That is very interesting. I mean, they what did they finish last year? Seven? Six? Something um, like they that. They climbed the table the last couple weeks. Can't remember. Are they in Europe? They are Europa. In Europa League. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think they probably finished fifth. Um, and I think Europa's an easy, an, an easy like, uh, accomplishment for them to aim for. Like, especially when you got guys like, if Salah could stay healthy, he, he can break any team in the Europa League just on his own. So we'll see what happens with them on Europa. that front. Hmm? He won't be playing early Europa League, so it doesn't matter. Will he be playing in the Saudi League? <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> they got they got fifth. They got fifth place last year. Yeah, yeah. I um, saw that. They heated. They like heat up at the end of the year, but I think like their their preseason matches were very favorable. I don't think they played any teams that are even in contention for the top half finish in the Premier League. Uh, they played Bayern and they lost that game. So. I was trying to find what their midfield three looked like throughout preseason, and so far it's been McAllister, Sabasai, plus one. And they've tried putting an attacker in there, which seems very FIFA-esque to put a... just like a guy that has zero defensive input there. Yakpo or they've put in... Yep, Hakpo is one of them. And then Curtis Jones. But Curtis Jones is not, by any means, somebody that I think is, is inspiring... Jeez. Had that Grujic guy last year or something like that playing at the base of midfield at times. Basetich, Grujic. Oh, not Grujic. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah, Basetich. Yeah, the Spanish guy. Or is he Spanish? Yeah, right. I thought he was like Czech or something. I thought he was Serbian. I have no idea where he's from. Somewhere over there. But even that guy was surrounded by experience and guys that had been in that system for years. So it'll just. You know, we talk about our team being a lot of new faces. Like, I think because we have a new manager, it's almost like it's okay for that to happen because everybody's going to be turning the page. But when you have had your very, like your style of play for so long, you take away the connecting unit from a core group of defenders and a core group of attackers. I, I just think Liverpool's there for the taking. We We struggle to beat Liverpool for some reason in the past, but I don't know, man. I'm feeling optimistic about this game. Um, yeah, just to confirm, I was right. He is Spanish. Bacicic, whatever his name is. He, Spanish? His, Serbian. His dad, his dad is from Serbia, but his mom is from Spain, and he was born in Spain. Wow. So he's Spanish. Yes. Um, first For the first time in a while, I was actually right about something. Um... So I think we might, I mean, we, we kind of already gave our predictions of our lineups last episode. So I think now 
unless there's anything you guys want to change, um, I think we we already all assumed Nkunku was going to be out, so we didn't include him. But I think you have to play. I think you have to play Mudrik on our left hand side, so he can expose yeah. the space that Trent is going to leave when they have the ball in the attacking side. Because when Trent gets the when they have possession, Trent tucks in and becomes almost like a orchestrator that, like that quarterback role i talked about with enzo i mean that's what that's what trent does in the attack so if we can get quick turnovers and have mudrick run into that space that's vacated i mean they're going to be chopped liver yeah we never talked about the fact that trent played midfield for was it england in some match in the past in like the last couple months what was that i think yeah, and he was playing midfield, so we didn't even consider that as a potential option of him playing. I mean, he's been adrift there. But yeah, I don't think I, he's I don't be see him. Like, he won't play DM. He'll play like you said, like a CM. But like, nobody like else is. Who else is going to take the D? Like at that point, like you're asking McAllister to be the defensive mid. It's like, who are he's, you? Who are you? Um, play a DM. Ball, like, who are you putting a ball and chain on? Like. Who is getting anchored and like limited? It's not going to be Sabasai. He's a like he's already yeah. getting played out of position. He's a cam. Like Sabasai is supposed to play like around the striker. So yeah, I thought he was a striker. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I I mean Mo Salah is Mo Salah, so it's 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 still going to be a tough day. Um, I think we can sneak a win though. I think we can surprise the Premier League with like a two-one. Listen, I think the atmosphere at the bridge is going to be crazy. I think uh, I think the fans. I mean, us especially. We're we're ready for the new season, and we we watched yeah. all ninety minutes of every preseason match this year. That's the first time I can say I did that ever. Um, so with that being said, I'm feeling confident. I think I think we rinse Liverpool. I think it's three one Chelsea. I'm just gonna go out and say, it. I think we score three goals against Liverpool, and we kickstart this season scoring goals, defending well, and uh, fucking shit up. I'm optimistic, boys. You know, Carius isn't in goal anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, to be honest. I think it's like a three-two sure. or four-three, like scoreline wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me. Like I could see Chelsea like squeaking by four-three win. Um, just because that would be yeah, that would be something. I mean, you're predicting three goals. Why not? Why can't we get four? What, yeah. What's what's stopping us from getting the fourth one? I think it'll be. I think it'll be. I mean, both sides are pretty open in midfield right now. Like, I don't think we're going to get Caicedo in time for him to play. But um, yeah. What are you showing us? Oh, did the Nkunku news just come out? The Guardian is saying that the club is hoping that it'll be weeks rather than months in terms of Nkunku's oh, what? It is meniscus damage in his left knee, but sources remain hopeful that it will be out for weeks rather than months, according to The Guardian. That just gave me the biggest heart-on. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, let's Hopefully see. That's... I need to see the official statement from Chelsea, because the MCL's tricky, man. That's the I mean, only thing that worries me. And I also don't want to rush him back either. That's the thing. Like when we're we're recording right now, it's uh what time? It's like 5:30 a.m. right now in the UK on Tuesday. Um, 
Yeah, and so you think that they'll make the official announcement probably in the morning, like eight or nine nine a.m. So should be coming up pretty soon after we post this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually the case. Um, you know, they they probably at this point know what they're going to say. It's just waiting for the right time to say it now. Um, that's really encouraging. But yeah, I think we all gave. Um, we gave our predictions, right? Everyone gave their predictions. Yep. I can't wait to watch the Premier League, guys. I'm it, so excited. It's it. We went through a lot last year, guys. We really went through a lot, and yeah, I I'm really trying to temper my expectations this year because of how bad last year was. But the way we played this preseason just got me so hyped up. Isn't Kunku news is also very reassuring, like. We're not cursed right now. Like, if it's just, like, a couple of weeks, like, we don't have that injury curse, I'm hoping. Knocking on uh, on wood. So, let's stay positive, all right? Um, if you don't subscribe, make sure you do. We're available on all major podcasting platforms. Um, and make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Blues on Parade, on Twitter, and... We have an email, but don't worry about that. You're probably not going to send us an email. Uh, <laughs> and we will be back after the Liverpool match, hopefully with three points in hand on route to uh, undefeated season. We're going to be the Invincibles. Um, but until then, keep the blue flag flying high.